The gospel reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what they had, the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Be seated. Well, first of all, I want to uh, just remind you that you survived Christmas. You made it through. One of the great joys, I think, for any adult is the ability to see Christmas through the eyes of children. I know many of us here could talk about our grandchildren. Uh, we have three little boys that are seven, five, and almost three. And a couple of weeks ago, we took our three grandsons, which is a whole endeavor in itself, Melanie and I did, to the Lights of Christmas up at Warm Beach Camp, uh, which was a really fun experience. And our middle grandson is named Rowan. We call him Roby. He's a very literal child, and you'll understand what I mean by that in just a second. You, you, you have to explain things to Rowan. It's just so important. So we were walking around lights of Christmas. We went in the bathroom, and I was washing his hands, helping him washing, uh, wash his hands. We got all finished. We walked outside. I said, Roby, you have the cleanest hands in three states. And he looked up, and he said, Papa, what three states? said, Washington, Oregon, Idaho. Um, I don't know how you're feeling about today, but, you know, we're on the threshold of a new year, 2019, which is both exciting and challenging. There certainly is some unknown in that. The good news is that we have a chance to reset just a bit. Perhaps it's a fresh start or a new beginning for you uh, in the reality of the world that God has placed you in, but it's one of the good things about the potential of, uh, of a new year. Uh, at the end of the passage that Rachel read for us a few moments ago, there's this just wonderful description, the last verse, Luke 2.20, that I think serves as, as a great uh, template as we face the new year. It's up on the screen, and I want us to read it together. Could we say this out loud together? The shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. 
Gracious God, we invite you to speak to us today. We thank you that your word reminds us of the attitude of these shepherds after they had been to Bethlehem and seen Messiah, they went back home. And on the threshold of this new year, thinking back on 2018 and looking forward to 2019, we need some good news. And we pray that the example of these shepherds as they went back would help us in the realities of our world and the challenges and the joys that we face. And God, will be careful to give you all the praise and glory. And Jesus, we pray this in your wonderful name. Amen. As I referenced in Luke's narrative about the Christmas story, when Luke tells the amazing way that God announced the birth of the Messiah to simple shepherds, uh, there is at the end this really wonderful, fascinating summary of the shepherds returning back to life as normal. And as I said, I want to use that this morning as a template as we're thinking about the future looking ahead to 2019. Let's, uh, let's think together about what do we need to understand, to implement, to embrace as we face the days ahead. The first thing is the call that we would surrender our routines. Look at what the scripture says. The shepherds returned. Now that's a pretty basic statement, simply a reminder that the shepherds went back to the sheep. I mean, they had seen and heard the angel choir. They go to Bethlehem. They go up the hill to Bethlehem, by the way. I I don't know how you have it pictured in your mind, but Shepherd's Fields is down below, and the city of Bethlehem is up above. So they went up the hill to Bethlehem to see the great good news of God's Messiah. But now it was back to the sheep. I mean, I, I can't imagine the reality of going back to the routine of caring for sheep when you had heard the announcement, seen the good news, and now it was back. So as we look forward to 2019, some of us have to commit to the understanding that one of the realities of going forward is just simply to say, God, I want to give you my routine in 2019, whatever that might look like for you. For some of the rest of us, The idea of surrendering may be to surrender the ability to control what is happening in 2019. Now, we know there are a lot of things we can't control. I don't know about you, but I tend to overthink things. Any members of that club? Mull them over in my mind over and over again. And I want to live this out in terms of surrendering. And a part of that ability to surrender, as I said, is the necessity of recognizing the the desire that I want to have to be present in every moment, to be not living for tomorrow or next week or next month. And sometimes I find myself just kind of stopping in my mind and saying, Lord, help me to be fully present right now, not living down the road, not living in some other Reality that might be coming, but to be fully present today. The key to finding joy 
in the future is this understanding, as I said, of the ability to surrender the routine and understanding that some of us here today have routines that are incredibly challenging. I don't know the reality of your world or your journey or your family, but I suspect for some of us here today, looking forward to 2019 has perhaps some fear and apprehension for whatever the reason might be. The passage that Rachel read um, is just another example of when God comes to speak to humans, when angels show up, generally always there's something that happens in the narrative, and that is that the angel, the Lord, whoever it is, says, fear not, do not be afraid. Did you know there are 366 references in the scriptures, fear not, do not be afraid, something like that. One for every day plus one for leap year, or one extra thrown in, do not be afraid. John Flavel said, some providences of God, like Hebrew letters, are best understood backwards. Some providences of God, like Hebrew letters, are best understood backwards. We go forward by faith. We walk by faith, not knowing what tomorrow brings. But looking back, we can see God's faithfulness on our journey. Well, what can we do? What can we do? I would suggest that we ask God to help us see God's presence in those parts of our daily life that are the most difficult for us. So think about your life. Think about the reality of your journey and what are the most difficult parts of that routine or that journey. As I said, it may be there's a lot of unknown for you in 2019, whatever that might be, but just simply to ask for God's presence as you face those days and months ahead. Can we do that together? Let's pray. God, thank you that you know all about us. Thank you that you are fully aware of what tomorrow holds. We also thank you that we don't know that. And God, as we think about those most difficult parts of our routine, whatever they might be, we want to just simply now surrender them and give them back to you. We trust you. We have seen you faithful. Help us to live out a commitment to surrendering our routines to you. And Jesus, we pray this in your wonderful name. Amen. A second important principle as we face a new year and face the days ahead is to commit to gratitude. Look at Luke 2.20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Not only did they go back to the routine, but they went back with a spirit of joy, praising God for all that they had heard and all that they had seen. Uh, I think it's interesting, and this is not a new thought, that God chose a group of shepherds to make this announcement of the birth of the Messiah. Shepherds, that's not who I would have chosen. If I'd been in charge, that's not the group that would have received the news, but that was a part of God's plan. Part of uh, understanding the reality of living in gratitude is also the ability to laugh at yourself. You know, we're funny people. 
We do dumb things. Am I the only one who understands that? I don't know if you had the opportunity to watch the memorial service, the funeral services for President George H.W. Bush, uh, January 5th in Washington, D.C., January 6th in Houston at his home church. Amazing, an amazing event. You can find it on YouTube if you haven't. It's worth the couple of hours just to sit there and listen to uh, that experience. Uh, there were a number of tributes. One of my favorites was from Senator Alan Simpson, the former senator from Wyoming. He's an incredible character. If you know anything about him, always freely spoke his mind. He said that President Bush was a man of great humility. And then he said, those who travel the high road of humility in Washington, D.C. are not bothered by heavy traffic. <laughs> Say, Amen. But then he said this about President Bush. He never lost his sense of humor. Humor is the universal solvent against the abrasive elements of life. That's what humor is. He never hated anyone. He knew what his mother and my mother always knew, Senator Simpson said. Hatred corrodes the container it's carried in. Hatred corrodes the character or the container that it's carried in. And so what I'm suggesting is that on this threshold of a new year, we make the intentional commitment to say, we're going to be people, I'm going to be a person of gratitude who focuses not on what we don't have, but focuses on the incredible blessings that we do have. I love what we learn in the 17th and 18th verses about the ministry of the shepherds. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told him about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Isn't that awesome? The shepherds as evangelists, you know, they were telling the good news. They'd been to Bethlehem. They'd seen Messiah with their own eyes. I think it's so incredible. It says that, that uh, they told the word concerning what, had, what they had seen, and all who heard it were amazed. Gratitude isn't just being grateful for what we have. That's certainly a part of it, and the blessings that we enjoy, which we certainly do. But gratitude for people of faith is also the recognition of the incredible blessings that we have as people of faith. God desires to have a relationship with us, and so from the foundation of the world, there is this plan that God's Son would become flesh and move into the neighborhood so that you could have a relationship, so that I could have a relationship with God. Isn't that incredible? And I know we understand that intellectually, but the desire from the foundation of the world, the Scripture says, that Jesus would take our sin on himself, and he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. That is good news. I love what Melanie Beattie says, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, 
a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings joy for today, and creates vision for tomorrow. I love that. One of the experiences that Pastor Matt and I had when we were in India was meeting with a group of lepers. Really incredible experience. By the way, uh, it wouldn't surprise you to know how well your pastor did in India. I've taken a number of teams to India over the years, a number of pastors, and the reality in India is so strikingly different than travel most anywhere else in the world. That takes a, it takes seasoned, wise, uh, experienced travel to, traveler to navigate the reality there. And, and Matt was just incredible and deeply loved and appreciated by the, the pastors that we worked with as they heard him speak and teach and uh, interact. I, I hope you appreciate this man sitting here in the front seat. And he didn't ask me to say that. Um, I'm really thankful for the leadership your church has and what God is doing here. I love that vision statement, mission statement. That's incredible. That's amazing. I hope you... This is not here in my notes. <laughs> this is a freebie. Um, you know, I, I have the privilege and the challenge of interacting in a lot of different local church settings. And what God is doing here under the leadership of Pastor Matt and your team is really wonderful. Yeah. This is a world-class kind of leader. I know your next thought is, Matt, keep your mitts off him. And I make that commitment for whatever God's timing is. But we were in India, met with a group of lepers and had the opportunity to minister to them. Uh, on another trip to India, uh, I met a similar group of lepers that's supported by the Free Methodist Church. Uh, and I met a, a man uh, in a place called Mirage. Mirage is uh, in central India. It's the place where a number of our churches, including this church, helped to raise money to build a, a new church uh, and this church in this leper colony in India really became the center of community life. But there was a man who was kind of the community leader, and we were visiting with him, and he said through an interpreter, I thank God that I have leprosy. You know, we all just, because leprosy in that context is so ostracizing. I mean, not only are you uh, ostracized, but your family is as well and forced to move into areas apart from the rest of society. But he said, I thank God that I have leprosy. So the next obvious question was, tell us, tell us why you feel that way. And he said, if I didn't have leprosy, I don't think I ever would have heard the good news about Jesus. Wow. What an example of gratitude. Let me also just suggest as we think about gratitude, the necessity that we are people of hope and people of encouragement, people of the good way, people of the glass half full, people who recognize the long view of history, who can say, God, you're in control, and we believe you, and we trust you. 
Well, what can we do as we face 2019? Let me suggest that you might think about the most challenging situation you're facing right now, whatever that might be. And I want to encourage you to pray now that God would help you to see some reason for gratitude in the midst of a difficult or challenging situation. Very easy to say, so hard to do. We take just a few moments of, of quiet and would you just simply ask for God's help that you might be a person of gratitude in the midst of whatever some challenging reality in your life would be just now. Let's pray. Amen. There's a third principle, a third template, third part of the template as we think about facing the future from this reality of the shepherds, and it's simply this, that we would ground ourselves in God's faithfulness. Grounding ourselves in God's faithfulness. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Which were just as they had been told. I love that. I love that description reminding us of the integrity of what God spoke to the shepherds that what they, they saw, what they heard was what they saw. No bait and switch. Thankfully, we don't know the blessings and the challenges of the days ahead. We, we don't know that. But the good news is that God can be trusted. And in whatever that challenging reality might be for you in 2019, we know that God has an eternal record of faithfulness. And if we had time and you were comfortable, I know a number of you could stand to your feet and say, Matt, I've seen, we've seen God's faithfulness in the reality of our lives in some incredibly challenging circumstances. Our God is faithful. We don't always understand what that means, but I just want to remind you that God can be trusted with your future. On the recommendation of a friend, I've been rereading the little book written by Hannah Whittall Smith entitled The Christian Secret of a Happy Life. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that little book. I actually downloaded it on um, Audible and on some walks I've been taking. I've been listening and re-understanding re this incredible little work written in the late 19th century. Christian secret of a happy life. And what's so ironic about Hannah Whithall Smith, if you know her, any of her story, she did not have an easy life. In fact, uh, she was married to a man who was repeatedly unfaithful to her. Yet she 
was able to grasp the reality of what it means to trust God. And she, used an she uses an illustration about trust that was so easy to understand. I love word pictures. And so she uses this illustration of after a long, tiring day when you're exhausted. Think about challenging day. You may have worked outside or worked all day, whatever it might be, but you're absolutely exhausted. And you fall into bed ready to just get a good night's sleep. Anybody remember those days when you could get a full good night's sleep? Isn't that a wonderful feeling? But she said, it's almost like some of us, to use the illustration, we fall into bed and we, we hold back and we tense up because we're not sure the bed will hold us up. And we don't want to turn over because we're afraid the, the bed would collapse. Well, that's not the reality, is it? We know the bed will hold us up. We know there's no better, more important place to be than resting in our bed. And she likens that to the journey of following God and says, when we trust God, it's as if we're falling back after a long, exhausting day into a comfortable bed where we know we will rest well. And we're called to be people of trust. You know, one of the important realities of this walk of faith that we're on in the Christian life is that God in God's amazing providence, created this whole understanding that he knew we weren't going to get it always right. And he created a way that we could have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, and also that our sin could be dealt with. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And then from the 103rd Psalm, as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us. And from Isaiah 43, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. Isn't that incredible? God wants us to understand that he takes our sin and he throws it as far as the east is from the west, however far that is. That's a long way. And then it said, God remembers our sin no more. I do not understand that in my finite human understanding. But yet, that's how God describes what he does with our sin. I'm not sure where you are on your spiritual journey. But I would just invite you that, that 2019 might be a new year for you. I don't usually set New Year's resolutions. I don't know if any of you do. Uh, I was looking this week, and uh, the, the top New Year's resolutions have been about the same year after year. You could probably guess what they are. In that, certainly in that top 10 list, there's... You know, maybe find a new job, maybe get some new friends, uh, you know, stop, stop smoking was on that list every year. But the top New Year's resolutions were exercise more and lose weight. There's a connection between those two, isn't there? 
And I don't know if you set New Year's resolutions, but I would suggest to you that 2019, this new year ahead, is an opportunity for you to go deep with God in a new way. Perhaps that means, you know, I'm going to join a small group. I'm going to get together with a group of people. Perhaps it means for you to say, I'm going to continue to explore what it means to follow God, to have a relationship with Jesus. And you know, this is a great place, this is a great church to ask those kinds of questions. Those questions are not ignored or marginalized, they're encouraged. And if you've walked with God for many years, that's awesome. But perhaps in 2019, God is saying to you, would you ground yourself in my faithfulness? So what can you do? Let me encourage you to make a list of how you've seen God's faithfulness and put it in some prominent place in your house. I mean, literally, write some stuff down and tape it up on the mirror in your car. You know, in 2018, I've seen God's faithfulness in these specific ways. You say, but you know, somebody might see that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good thing. How has God been faithful to you in the past? And then when you look at that list, it reminds you of the incredible faithfulness of our God. How can we face this new year ahead, understanding the challenges, the complexities? We were talking about that in the prayer room before the service. It just seems like fear in our culture is epidemic. How is it possible that we could have hopefulness? Well, here are three things we see from the shepherds. Surrender your routine. Commit to gratitude. Ground yourself in God's faithfulness. There's a picture I want you to see. If you'd bring that up on the screen. I don't know if you can make that out. But that's the entrance to the church of the nativity in Bethlehem. Uh, the Church of the Nativity, uh, that site was actually discovered by the Empress Helena, the mother of uh, Roman Emperor Constantine. And, and since uh, it was discovered several hundred years after Jesus' birth, there's been a church of some kind on that site. There are places in the Holy Land where there's a lot of dispute. Is it this or is it that? Is this really the place? There's really no dispute about the birthplace of Jesus and these ancient churches. And actually, there are multiple congregations, a Roman Catholic congregation, an Orthodox congregation that share this site. And that's a whole other story. But this is the entrance to the Church of the Nativity. Hundreds of thousands of people every year go into the church of the nativity. What do you notice about the entrance? It's small. You have to hunch down. You have to humble yourself to get in. And then there's this ornate church and you go back behind the altar down these little rickety stairs. And here's this open room. And there's a star on the floor. And history says that is the place where Jesus was born. Amazing, amazing. But the only way 
To see that place is to humble yourself, to get in the door. My prayer for you in 2019, my prayer for me is that we as people of faith would be purveyors of hope in great humility and love that we would model the example of the one that we serve who made himself nothing, the scripture says, taking the very form of a servant, he became a man. And that we would have the good news of the gospel lived out, not only out there, but in us and through us. May it be so. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these examples, the shepherds who returned to the sheep, these shepherds who told the good news, these shepherds who were reminded that you were trustworthy. May their example be an encouragement for us on the threshold of this new year. And may we be reminded, God, that we as well are people who are called to tell the story of the good news that Jesus has come, that Jesus has moved into the neighborhood to live with us and in us and through us. May 2019 be a year of great spiritual harvest in the life of First Free Methodist Church. May there be people, men and women, and boys and girls who find you, who make a commitment to follow you, who say, I'm going to go deep with you. And may this be the best year in the life of this church. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all the blessings that we enjoy. And together, Jesus, we pray this in your wonderful name. Amen.